just so many business podcasts out there. How can I possibly know where to begin? Here at Intrepid Business, we are about stripping away all of the usual boring fluff and instead focus on showcasing real people doing real business, achieving amazing things. The ones truly changing the world, the instigators making a dent, the people changing how we do sales and marketing, leading innovation, the people redefining leadership. But who are these people? Why do they do what they do? How do they do what they do? Find out on Intrepid Business. And now, here are your hosts. Good afternoon and welcome back to Intrepid Business. I'm your host, Todd Schneck. You know, this is not the first time you've heard someone say this and it won't be the last, uh, but I will say it again. I decided long ago that when I go to hell, it is going to be sitting in an auditorium watching countless PowerPoint presentations that will just want to drive me flipping insane. The conversation we're going to have today is going to solve all those problems and change all that. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a great conversation. I'm joined now by Michael Baldwin. He's the founder and CEO of Michael Baldwin, Inc. and the author of a new book called Just Add Water, an incredibly easy guide for creating creating powerful presentations. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you. Now, it's good to have you. Thanks for carving out some time to join me. I know you're a very busy fellow. Appreciate that. We're going to talk about the book, Just Add Water, in just a second. Before we go there, take a quick second and inform the audience a bit about you and your background. I have a pretty nonlinear background. It started with, I'll do a quick summary for you. I started with a chemistry major who gets into medical school and decides not to go and then takes a detour and spends 25 years in advertising and then does the next logical thing after that, which is study to be an actor in New York for three and a half years. And then I actually came connected with a London-based training consultancy where I was the managing director, teaching executives a lot of things. One of them was presentation skills. Then I just started to form my own consultancy practice, which was Michael Baldwin Inc. about five years ago. You're right. That is non-linear. And you can add someone to the club whose useless college degree is, because <laughs> I'm one of those as well, let me tell you. So, yeah. And by the way, your advertising career, you were with some pretty well-recognized firms. We're talking Ogilvy, we're talking uh, BBDO, so a very, very respectable career track there. All right, so the book, Just Add Water, an incredibly easy guide for creating powerful presentations. Uh, I think I know the answer to this question, but why did you have to write this book? Well, the Microsoft statistic is that 30 million presentations take place every day. And I see with my clients and throughout my advertising career, a lot of that. And the bottom line is most of them are pretty excruciating for audiences. And actually, the irony is a lot of times excruciating for the presenters themselves because they don't look forward to it. They don't enjoy it, which is just not the way it should be. So with my practice, I usually engage six people over the course of a day. And I realized I wasn't going to make much of a dent in the universe by doing that. So why not bottle the day course into a book, which is what Just Add Water is, and make it available to the world? And let me tell you, on behalf of a grateful planet, we're grateful. You know, I've never heard that statistic, Michael. 30 million presentations delivered daily. Is that what you said? Did I hear that right? Yeah. And think about it. You know, the misunderstanding generally is that presentations are synonymous with business, but there are medical conferences, design conferences, architecture conferences, you know, a sports conference. There's any number of conferences you can imagine based on general interest in things. 
So it's not easy to think about when you expand to the whole planet, that 30 million number would be real. Just forgive me for a minute, Michael. I'm blown away by that number because 30 million presentations a day. I'm not asking you this. I'm asking my audience to think about this. Imagine if all 30 million of those presentations were delivered in an effective, impactful way. Think of how different the world would be. I mean, exactly. you're talking a day, right? Exactly. I yes. mean, just imagine the level of clarity and understanding on what is probably 99.9% .9 of the time important stuff. And all these presenters are missing opportunities to effectively motivate, inspire, and move people. Wow, I, that number is blowing my mind. I'm going to be thinking about that for a while. Another point you just made that I really think is important is the fact that presenters dread these opportunities just as much as we dread listening to some of these awful presentations. What a shame that is. I mean, you have the opportunity to get attention of a room full of people, and you're dreading that. What a wasted opportunity. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. all right. Well, like I said, Michael, I'm going to be thinking about that number for a while now. But you stated in the book what I thought was very intriguing and I think absolutely true. You hate what has become of presentations, and then you believe that cavemen did a better job at presenting. What do you mean by that? What I'm referring to, which is a visual theme in the book, which was in the backdrop of the inside cover is cave paintings from France, which were about 32,000 years old. And the folklore is that at one point Picasso went to see them and he came out of the cave paintings to a cluster of microphones and he announced, we have learned nothing, <laughs> meaning we've gone so backwards in communication. And the beauty of those paintings is that if you imagine those were images on the wall and you know people sitting around a fire would provide the quote unquote caption for those images. And today, unfortunately, the common mistake people make is they put virtually every word they were planning on saying or ever imagined saying on a slide, and the slide goes up, and what use do they provide, really, if, if it's all up on the slide? And, and then you have the problem of either reading the slide or expecting your audience to read it, and then you change to the next one. Well, of those 30 million presentations, I think 29 million of them are that done that very way, which drives me insane. Yeah. I mean, Michael, what else are we doing wrong? I mean, why and why is this happening? I mean, we know this. We've all attended yeah. hundreds, maybe thousands of presentations of ourselves, and we know this, but yet we continue to do it. Why does it keep happening? Is it because the tools that we use, there's these basic templates that are provided that we just blindly follow? I mean, is that why? I mean, how does this perpetuate itself? I love the question. The Financial Times did an editorial piece, which I responded to, which is a letter they were, that they kindly published, which was about eradicating PowerPoint from the face of the earth because it's such a plague. But <laughs> the reality is it's not the problem. And one of the first captions of the book where there's a picture of a wand, my point is, you know, PowerPoint is a very powerful tool. It's just you have to learn how to use it. You know, Harry Potter's wand is a very powerful tool, but he has to learn how to use it. So the reason why it still plagues us is because there hasn't come along a guide that reads more like a children's illustrated book versus a hard-to-get-through adult book that you can read in a flight from New York to Denver and walk off that plane and be a million times better at what you're working on in terms of a speech or a presentation. Until now, all we have are a sea of books that are so hard to get to. They're complicated. It's hard to get through. They're long and they're more work that I think that people feel that they're worth investing time in. So they just sort of stick at status quo. Well, let me tell you what I do. And let me just full disclosure here. I am not saying this is the end all be all. And I'd be curious as your opinion on it. And I think this is another mistake that people make is when I put together a deck for a presentation, and I'm not a professional speaker and I don't speak very often, maybe two or three or four times a year. 
But I'm putting up an outline, and now my slides are one word, and it's usually a phrase or a concept. It's a thing, that, and it's really meant more as a guide for me and what I'm talking about. I don't know if that benefits the audience or not. It probably doesn't. I feel like most of the presentations I see are really just meant as talking points and notes for the presenter itself. Well, I think if that's what you're doing, Todd, you are ahead of 99% of the population. Oh, well, good. <laughs> and, and there's only two things you need to know. Number one, there is nothing that's going to accelerate your career faster than developing your ability to communicate, period. Mm -hmm. Number two, just like in the world of cooking, there are a million cookbooks and then there's the joy of cooking. There are tons of books on this topic, but Just Add Water, as far as I'm concerned, is the very first one to put what you need to know together in one place that can be absorbed and put to use immediately. So as far as I'm concerned, that, that's all you need to know. Mm. But you're right, though. I mean, talk about a way to advance your career to do this right, because it's not even about advancing your career. It's also about effectively serving the audience that's listening to you and yeah. giving them information that's going to change their business, their life, their health, whatever the case may be. All right. Michael Baldwin will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This program is brought to you by Miles Finch Innovation, LLC, a creative consultancy that is passionate about ideas, imagination, and facilitating a culture of innovation. Miles Finch Innovation helps companies navigate the messy territory of corporate innovation. They're strategic thinking partners who can help you get unstuck and identify creative solutions to your toughest challenges. They also love to train and speak on the subject of creative leadership. Learn more about how they can help you at milesfinchinnovation.com. Miles Finch Innovation. Idea-centric. Strategically driven. Humanly conscious. All right. I'm back with Michael Baldwin, founder and CEO of Michael Baldwin, Inc., and the author of Just Add Water, an incredibly easy guide for creating powerful presentations. All right. So, Michael, you advocate that you should create a CCO. What is that? A CCO is a crystal clear objective and the kind of the axis of any presentation, the foundation of any presentation, as far as I'm concerned, has to start with that. And another word that you can use is synonymous with presenting is convincing people of something. So a crystal clear objective always starts with the first two words. Those are the first two, an audience of something. Convince my wife I deserve a new motorcycle. Convince the board to add a $15 million addition to the hospital. Convince people that they need a better phone, which is Steve Jobs' crystal objective for the iPhone. So it's one of those things where it sounds simple, but it's actually difficult to do because people aren't used to being that concise and they aren't used to thinking of this one little phrase as the sort of ground zero of any presentation. Yeah. Well, when you said crystal clear objective, I get what you're saying and I know what you mean by that, but I can understand why a lot of people may be confused by that. But when you sit there and articulate it in the context of, all right, well, your objective is to convince the audience of X. Boom, that changes everything. Because <laughs> all these presentations that I've seen and suffered through, I'm now clear on the fact that I'm not sure the presenter had a CCO. I mean, it's, it's very evident. You say that across all sales and all marketing, which are value proposition. I mean, it's a common thing that we all know, but most of us still don't articulate that as clearly as we should. So very, very important. So you also make the point that you should, quote, never let them see you click. What do you mean by that? <laughs> It sounds so stupid. It really sounds so ridiculous. But it's one of those things where when I'm teaching, I show a little edited piece of, you know, 
six clients where it looks like they're doing some kind of gymnastic exercise, trying to find the place, you know, the infrared receptor, <laughs> the, the remote they're holding. Yeah. But when you start to get up to the 97, 98 percentile of really amazing speakers, you'll notice that you never notice great speakers conspicuously clicking a remote device to advance their slides. And it also means that they have the choreography down so well that it's very, very subtle that they know what they're saying when they're clicking and they know they're clicking. If you don't, what you experience from the audience perspective is that transition from one phrase or one word or one image into the next one while you're speaking is beautiful and seamless. Yes, and I have absolutely observed that. And the other point is when you're being convinced of something that's going to change your life, you're enraptured by the presentation, you're even further not paying attention to those little kind of details. So that's part of it too, I suspect. I think most people don't prepare effectively for presentations. Like me, they don't give that many of them, and they don't put the preparation in for these. When you see a professional keynote speaker who probably delivers a presentation or two a week, I mean, they have this thing honed down to the second. I mean, it's it's impressive. Most of us presenting don't put that kind of work into it, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you two little anecdotes. One is the folklore for Steve Jobs, who everyone thinks is a natural, is that he would spend an hour for every minute he was on stage. Mm-hmm. And the other one I'll give you is if you've seen the movie An Inconvenient Truth, you see a totally evolved Al Gore as presenter because A, he rehearsed it a million times, and B, he's given it 1,322 times. I'm glad you brought this up because I don't care how good you are, and this applies to me and anyone else who pretends to be have some skill in this field, if you have not rehearsed, if you are not prepared, you are playing with fire because then you are susceptible to being nervous, you're susceptible to all kinds of downsides. However, if you are, what happens is you can't wait to get up on that stage. Yeah. Well, you said at the top of the show, Half the presenters are dreading this or more. And that's probably why, because they know they don't have it down and they're not necessarily comfortable. And when you have that thing down, licked down and you are confident, boy, then then it is an exciting. Look, I relish being in front of an audience. I mean, there are some people that are very scared of that. I love it. In fact, the bigger the crowd, the less scared I am. I have more fear trying to convince Mrs. Schnick of what movie to go see than I do speaking in front of a thousand people. I mean, it's it's the bigger the audience, frankly, for me, the easier it is. You know, and speaking of Steve Jobs, they're coming out with a new movie about him. And as I understand it, they're distilling the entire movie into his preparations for um, one of his big speeches, which right. should, should yeah. be really be fascinating. See how the, how they, yeah, how the Alex Gibbons documentary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that should be fascinating. So, yeah, you've talked about that the universe of presentations consists of only three things. You, your content, and the audience. Talk about how to connect those effectively. If you aren't, you're... Uh, just quote one of my own captions, your presentation is doomed to fail because on both of those axes, in terms of your content, you have to be as connected to your content, whether it's sales results or employee training agenda items, as you would be talking about the vacation you just took with your wife or your girlfriend. And anything short of that, you are not serving the company who's paying you to give this presentation, number one. Number two, if you accept the notion that any presentation is an opportunity to move an audience from point A to point B, which in other words, to convince them of something, if you're to any degree, quote unquote, phoning it in, you're not going to be successful. So it's two things. It's a proposition of referring to content and relating to human beings who are your audience. 
What are some advice? Some of the biggest struggles I've had is trying to figure out, all right, how do I better understand the audience I'm speaking to? Yeah, you could be at a marketing conference. And so you just assume, okay, well, they want information on marketing. But I think there's more to it than that. I mean, there's probably some additional steps you can take so that you are more in tune with that audience and what they're trying to get out of this. Any advice and counsel on how to better do that? Yeah. And actually, I just had, ironically, I just had a sort of a reminder or a fresher course on this very same thing with myself, with an audience I was working with. And it had to do with precisely the point of making even the subtlest of assumptions or glossing over versus really contemplating the mindset of the people you're talking to. And it all boils down to how I'm going to be interacting with them and how this particular audience is going to react to it. I would say the irony is if you're going to propose to someone, it's funny how we all go to incredible lengths to go to a restaurant you know that they like, to have music that you know that they love, to be in an environment that they're, you know, it's their favorite. But a lot of times when we go in a speaking context with an audience, you know, you haven't done any research whatsoever on, on that particular audience. And that is such a, that is a, a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, no doubt about it. Another thought, I'm still thinking about this, uh, frankly, you're changing my whole worldview on presentations with this notion of to convince the audience of, and how that's going to change my thinking and how I prepare for these kinds of things. I'm thinking of a gentleman who hosts a series on this radio network, and he does a lot of work at helping people improve their presentations. And I'm paraphrasing what he said here. I'm sure he would say it far more articulately, but he said this idea, this thing that you're trying to convince the audience of, oftentimes is never communicated until the end of the presentation. And what he says you should do is come out of the gate and not maybe in this exact phrasing, but along the essence saying, all right, audience, I am here to convince you of X and then building the case so that they know where you're going. And then when they're hearing and viewing and collecting information from your presentation, they understand the context with which you're hearing that. What's your take on that? Any comments, any other thoughts? That's a yes and a no. In other words, he's absolutely right that you, that's where you start. But the bottom line is that the challenge that any presenter faces, and I would include a minister in a sermon, hmm. is what is your point? That Jesus was forgiving, that Buddha was wrong, that religion is not that important, that religion is everything. So he's right in that that's exactly where you start. But with the way I teach people, and what I believe is, is the most effective is incorporating the incredible power of storytelling, but not just storytelling, a story that absolutely is a mirror image that perfectly illustrates your crystal clear objective. And thereby, you are starting with a story that captures the essence of your point in a way that they won't forget the story, which means they can't forget your point. Absolutely. Oh, well, shoot, we could do a whole episode on the storytelling element of, yeah. of giving presentations. And again, asking the audience to think back on a presentation you heard that meant something to you was because you were paying rapt attention to someone telling an interesting story. That's all the examples I could possibly give of impactful presentations that I saw was where I was just riveted by the story being told. And I think, Michael, what happens is when you vomit all your words you want to say onto a PowerPoint and it takes you 10 minutes to read each slide, you you can't tell an effective story that way. I mean, you, no. you may present the facts or the bits or even an outline of a story, but that's so different than a real human being with passion, love, and, and care telling it, yeah? Right, absolutely. And, and the thing is, the other sort of related thing to the touchstone of the cave paintings is storytelling has always been and will always be in our DNA. Just look around. You know, we have more modern tools like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, but it serves this fundamental human need to share information and share stories. 
Absolutely. Well, Michael, I hate to say it, we are about out of time. Before I let you go, how can people contact you? Should they have questions? Where can they learn more about Michael Baldwin, Inc.? And most importantly, where can they get their hands on a copy of Just Add Water? They can do both if they just go to Baldwin, B-A-L-D-W-I-N.com. All right. Michael Baldwin, the founder and CEO of Michael Baldwin, Inc., and the author of Just Add Water, an incredibly easy guide for creating powerful presentations. Michael, real pleasure to have you. Thanks for stopping by and joining us. Thank you. All right. Well, that wraps this conversation. Again, on behalf of my guest, Michael Baldwin, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on Intrepid Business. Intrepid Business.